Hello, this is Voyager Time. Maybe I kill myself slowly because I don't have the courage to run like energetic little boys. I'm Andrew, with me today is... Sarah. Ben, and I was so close. <laughs> who are you? Who, uh, who are you? Who are you, who are middle you? sir? I said Ben. No, you didn't. Oh, I, oh, I didn't said Ben, it. and I was, was so close. Oh. I'm Nathan. <laughs> all right we're all we have ourselves together in this definitely friday night recording yeah it is <laughs> everything it is, is just normal. fine i'm sitting here in my shiny brand new voyager time uh neelix is the worms t-shirt oh my god <laughs> sporting our sporting our boy neelix is king worm it's, <laughs> it's a limited run shirt because i only made the one using my son's arts and crafts <laughs> <laughs> it's got macaroni art some, yeah it. some classic bedazzling some glitter some macaroni art perfect perfect can we get one of those airbrush t-shirts of neelix's kingworm <laughs> sure of course uh today we're talking about voyager episode seven on netflix ex post facto tom paris is convicted of murder on an alien world and his punishment is to witness the murder from the victim's perspective every 14 hours the Voyager has fired two of its 38 photon torpedoes. So should I just go ahead and tell you what my Andrew quote was for this episode? Yes. So my guess was going to be, like it or not, you've made energetic little boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I I had the like, uh, maybe I kill myself slowly part, but I was like, no, I think that's going to be a little bit too dark. I was so I thought so close. too, but I had to go with it. I was Nathan, so did close. you have one? Um, I thought I had one noted, but apparently I was a bad steward of my responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this was a fantastic episode of Voyager. I really, really, really liked this. Yeah, I love the fact that in his in the in the replay of his his memories, it is classic like murder mystery like mm -hmm. noir style this whole thing was done yeah in like film noir yeah including yeah. the line that i took that quote from like that is i think a verbatim from a film noir movie <laughs> would not surprise me i was a little bit cooler on this episode i i didn't like it as much for some reason it was i can't point to any specific thing i was just like it's fine it's it's good but i i was not super into it um, I adore film noir, so this was like right up my alley. And then we also got a Sherlock Tuvok section, or uh, sorry, a Tuvok Holmes section, which yes, was yeah. excellent as well. That was, like, yeah. this was hilarious. Just... Like to have, I, I listed that as like Tuvok Poirot shit. Yeah, yeah. this was. I, I noted it as uh, Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Um, so the good. episode opens with Tom Paris. Uh, making out with an alien lady uh, and it's like filmed from a first person perspective uh, and uh, apparently he's making out with the 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 the, the viewer's uh, wife he's uh, making out with the viewers with <laughs> <laughs> we can only be so lucky and then we see him uh murder the person who, who who we're seeing the perspective from and then tom paris sort of wakes up and we're told that the, the sentence has been carried out and it will happen again in 14 hours and then we go straight to credits um, first point of order. Why? F why fourteen hours? It's a very specific number. I know. Well, maybe it's something like the day of the on the planet is it's like twenty eight hours. hours. Yeah, That's what I was so gonna it's say there. once every. But it's, yeah. two it's times never explained, and it's never relevant. Like at no point right. is there like a time that they have to like do it within a certain period. It just happens. It's very convenient every time they bring it up and then never mention it again. Yeah, it it always seems like. Right when it's most convenient, it's about to happen again. They've done numerous studies, and they've found the most effective numbers every 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> too little, they're not learning their lesson too much, it's too, it, it's too much for the brain to handle. Apparently not, though, because they do this commonly, and I guess they've it never run into this It is too much for the brain to handle. It's too much for the human brain. Oh, right, for they the bring it up, human brain. They bring up how it's an alien neurosystem, and they had trouble... Uh, putting mm -hmm. the engrams into his nervous system. 
The problem is that we don't have those cool feathers surrounding our head to keep it insulated and safe. <laughs> Man, For the torture the, implant. Yeah. The Banyan hair sprouts are so much. I, I thought they were cocoons on their head at first. I couldn't it, tell what it was. It was a I thought they were hats. Well, it was definitely... Yeah, it's a bunch of like it's like a bunch of feathers, and then they have like hair sprouting out of the top. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole lot. Do you think that the writers picked Tom Paris for this because he's the one who's most conv- most likely uh, to commit a crime of passion? I mean, Pro- I mean, he was the one who was in jail up until like two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Was in a, it, it was a rehab colony. Okay. That's because they don't probably don't have jail anymore on Earth. In this is definitely said prison colony when we see <laughs> it. Them, definitely did say prison in the name, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It was like this is Utopia Earth in the distant right. future. Like, yeah, Paris was definitely like the choice to have for a criminal, right? But also, uh, we need to make a quick detour into the shipping department. Man, you're just hijacking my bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you and I both agreed on this one from the start. We were both in on this ship right away. <laughs> but yes, Tom Paris and Harry Kim being the only two that were sent sent down to the planet to go work this out whatever they needed to with the mm-hmm. with, with these guys and a romantic tour of the new planet. Mm-hmm. Of a war zone. <laughs> of a war zone. <laughs> yeah, a romantic trek nice... through the war zone. <laughs> a, a nice long trip in the transport that definitely has an autopilot feature. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddle close so we yep. make through the scary war zone. Make they don't all these enemy about ships. They've already, they've already made peace with the people who are uh, like guarding this planet. They're good. They, def- they were definitely getting into some stuff in the, in the transport on the way there is what I'm saying. Is that the only thing you had for the shipping department? Because I had like, tons there's also more. <laughs> go for it. I want I want to hear it. I I, I had more notes. I was like, this is specifically them being sent together. I was like, I bet they volunteered to go together. I bet they well, they but okay. To so my first thing that. about that isn't shipping department related. I was like, why the fuck would they send those two idiots off by themselves for anything? <laughs> Yo, fair. Paris was in jail up until a couple of weeks before they got to the to the Delta Quadrant, and then Kim is an ensign. Like they are this not is experienced. His first mission. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Why are they yeah, off by themselves? But a couple episodes ago, they sent Neelix down with the team, <laughs> I know, so yes, I don't think their judgment on who they're sending. <laughs> these planets is completely sound Look, of the bridge true. crew harry true. kim is by far the most expendable not paris. but he also seems to be <laughs> the most the war like, zone, see if he makes well it. paris is a really good pilot he's the best pilot as harry very sultrily comments later yes, that, that was another thing i forgot to write a note about yeah <laughs> He looks at him all proud, like he's talking about how great his boyfriend is at being a pilot. Yes, them at that dinner was definitely them just fawning over each other a little bit. Man, I'm so oblivious to these things. I'm just saying, I think that the entire premise of this episode happened because they were jealous of each other. Like, (laughs) Harry was jealous that... Paris was like checking out this girl and he was only checking her out because he was trying to make Harry jealous. And then when Mm -hmm. Harry wasn't paying attention to him later and he got bored and started wandering around, he's like, Harry, this is all your fault for not paying enough attention to me. (laughs) I'm just saying. No, you're right. I did not take really very good notes this episode (laughs) because I was kind of bored for a lot of it. Well, you have to be looking for this. Yeah, to make it interesting. <laughs> Why did you not like this episode? It just because it was about Paris, right? It, yeah, like, <laughs> Paris was not interesting it, in this episode. It was just like I don't care about what happens to Paris. I don't care. Like he's not an interesting character to me. He's just kind of there for to be the butt of the joke every single time. But he does the film noir bit so well. It's perfect. He's like the hapless guy who gets completely used by the femme fatale and has yeah. no idea what's going on. He's he's just he's oblivious the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It just didn't it didn't feel interesting to me in the way that I guess it did for you. 
like it I'm sure it hit all those notes perfectly, but it did not land for me. Like I mean it was a little corny. Is it is it like cuz it just didn't it didn't necessarily feel like a Star Trek. Yeah, like we had we had <laughs> yeah, the aliens from the eyes down like Andrew said earlier in the, in the series. Uh but like they were just people. Everybody all of these aliens were again just people and like we've got Paris being fake Kirk who's just going and the first thing he does is he makes out with a woman. Oh, I actually have a note about this. This was uh, this written was or this episode is written before Tom Paris was cast and so they didn't know what his character was going to be like yet because apparently the actor Sarah what's his name? Robert Duncan McNeil. Yes. Apparently <laughs> Robert Duncan McNeil had a hand in guiding how Tom Paris was supposed to be and he was originally written as like like a womanizing asshole. Uh but that that ch- he wanted that change. But this episode was written before that was ever done, and I think filmed as well. So this is sort of not in keeping with the way that they wanted Tom Paris to be. Yeah, he he definitely grows out of that eventually. <laughs> yeah, it just it just didn't land for me. Like Paris at this point for me, he's only good to be like dunked on. Like later on, Tuvok is like giving an explanation for how he couldn't have done it, and I was just like. Part of his explanation was Tom's kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, had to get another uh, he, jab he at Tom even, in here. He doesn't even argue. <laughs> Tom doesn't. He's just nobody like, argues. Like the captain, the captain and Harry are also there, and they're like, yeah, they're they're right. <laughs> Paris is kind of an idiot. Jerry Taylor is one of the creators of Voyager and the way she talks about Tom Paris kind of makes it seem like he is her favorite so I'm really curious to see how that develops over time that's interesting because like at this point he's like my second least second least favorite only ahead of Neelix like oh man (laughs) those two are just so bad again they have nothing redeeming except to be like the butt of a joke at this point to me well, Paris at least has like a job. Yeah, Paris yeah. has a job. He serves a purpose. <laughs> is Henry Kim just our the audience analog? Because he, he's always clueless. Henry Kim. Did I call him Henry? <laughs> Did yeah. just call him Henry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Hank Kim. <laughs> um, but he, I don't it, know. Tommy. He, <laughs> I think he. I think Kess is more likely to be the audience surrogate because she truly doesn't know anything Mm. she knows medicine she does know medicine quite well now she's learning that i mean again how long have they been there and she has like an unreal amount of medical knowledge yeah she's got a good brain for it it's young so it can store a lot of data in it (laughs) i wrote down that i genuinely like kess because she is such a good calming presence yeah and that it is just such a shame she has such weird taste in men (laughs) Neelix and then a hologram? Well, no, no. It's mostly <laughs> just Neelix. Great. She's not romantically interested in the doctor. Yet. I don't know anything about this Maybe. except that someone falls in love with him. Um, As long as we're on the topic of the doctor, like back to the name picking where he's going mm-hmm. through all the doctors, can he please be Spock too? He's <laughs> <laughs> just trying to list these names of like, Kess was asking like, oh, who... You know, inspires you. Like, who are other doctors who inspire you? And then the list is Spock. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just casually. Well, I don't know why he said that though, because if he's talking about actual like medical doctors, uh-huh. that doesn't include Spock. Spock was a scientist, not a. Mm-hmm. At least as far as I remember ever seeing, he wasn't practicing medicine. Like he should have said Doctor McCoy if he was going to make a reference, <laughs> right? Right. Now they had to make the easy reference, right? Uh, or the casuals. <laughs> I know that one. Like, let's be real here. It's it's for me. It's for me. <laughs> That's a Star Trek. Um, there was a great little discussion on uh, the Turing test. The idea that if a machine can act as intelligently as a human, then it is as intelligent as a human. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, because that was when they're on the topic of choice, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and whether or not the doctor is truly alive, right? Yeah. Was this an, something um, that they talked about at all in Next Generation with Data? Like, constantly. <laughs> okay. I had a feeling, yes. but... 
There's literally an episode called A Measure of a Man, and it's about Data on trial to see if he deserves to make his own decisions or if he is just property. Mm. That's dark. That's very, it is. That's very dark. <laughs> I like the yeah. implications there, though. It's one of the classic episodes. That makes sense. Yeah. So these aliens that they wind up hanging out with for a while, they have very lax policing, especially around like prisoners and stuff like that. A yeah, they're like, sure, times, just let him. He can leave. Yeah, just, yeah, just bring him back to your ship. He's yeah, at first it was like, just let him be alone with the crew. That's fine. We know they can teleport, but like, it, it'll be totally cool. And then they just like, let him go back. Wait, wait. Yeah. It's... Make, make sure you bring him back. Yeah, well, make, maybe make sure they thought back here. their medicine was so advanced that they wouldn't be able to take the implant out of his head, and so that uh-huh. he'd be no matter where he, they took him, he would still be suffering this punishment that they put on him. I mean, in a way, they were right though, because didn't the doctor say that it was kind of it was unlike anything that they'd seen, and that, yeah, like they had to go back to them, right? So it. I'd be pretty confident in that scenario. Like, oh yeah, this right. guy's definitely gonna be fucked up by this uh, weird science that we did to him forever. Yeah, and I mean, they did wind up having a purpose in their grander plan of having him get hijacked by the the yeah. new, new, new aliens. New, what were the the N aliens? What are they called? I don't know. Neelix. I don't remember the Neelixes. <laughs> the Neelixes. <laughs> But it did stick out in the moment as something that felt um, not unrealistic, just very trusting. That like their mm-hmm. whole justice system is based on yeah. the honor system. Uh, the Numiri. Oh, Numiri. okay, that makes sense because I kept thinking they were the Buniri, which is a Pokemon. So yeah. like <laughs> that kept fucking me up a little bit. Let's let's like summarize the next like section of the episode. <laughs> well, can we first start by saying aliens have dogs? Just dogs. Yeah. yeah, just not alien dogs, just dogs. So like the scientist guy or whatever he was that Tom and Harry go to meet, they go to his house for dinner. Who is oddly chipper for being at war. Yeah, yeah he seems very <laughs> chill and the like happy. The whole yeah. time he is like, I'm so happy you guys are here. Come have yeah. dinner with me and my wife. Also we're yeah. at war. Also, we're completely worry about in danger part, and surrounded though. by enemy ships. <laughs> but come enjoy this nice meal with us. Yeah. And then it the wife might be is... our last. Look at our dog. <laughs> yeah, the wife is completely standoffish. My favorite thing that she does in the entire episode, though, is when she's like, would you like a drink? And then they're like, sure. And then she goes to the cabinet of drinks and is like, help yourself. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> she just like goes and opens the door and yeah, like, she's here, like you go. here they are. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're on an alien planet. They don't know what those drinks are. They don't know anything about that stuff. And so they're just like, okay. Okay, I guess I'll just guess at something. So to be no, clear, no, no, don't drink that. That's just the alien mayo that you're not supposed to eat by yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry, I shouldn't have left that in there. <laughs> to be clear, this section of the show of the episode was just like a flashback of Harry Kim telling what happened uh, to him and Tom Paris on the yeah. On the okay, so mm-hmm. that's how the actual opening is, or like the first thing that is like happening with the rest of the ship is that Harry's coming back on a shuttle. Yeah alone Mm -hmm. and he's like in he's like weak or something on the thing and he's like he has to go to the sick bay after he gets back and he then he comes back and he tells the story about how they made him leave tom behind another thing that is a shipping department related yep yep. comment yeah he's like all upset but like why was he sick or like helpless in there like what happened to him yeah that's he wasn't in trouble never addressed <laughs> yeah, they say that he's like dehydrated, and that's it. Didn't they say that he was like I being interrogated was... for a while? Oh yeah, I guess. Right. But like, why would they? <laughs> I just feel like he was just sleepy. I was just so <laughs> lonely on my <laughs> on my drive back. I'm so sad, and I'm I so can't... sad that he's. I didn't there. drink any water. <laughs> it was just silly. He just he. It was just real tiring. They interrogated him for. Two whole hours. Do you know what kind of a toll it takes on a man to be asked questions for two hours? <laughs> Apparently, it's Harry can't handle it. Yeah, he needs to go straight to sick bay after that. After all, mm-hmm. too much social interaction for an introvert. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it was his broken heart. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the con- so? At one point, there, 
uh, hailed or they're hailing a Numiri ship. Mm-hmm. They're from a different quadrant. Are we supposed to assume that just any ship can hail any ship? They're all using the same yeah. technology and communication yeah. methods. Obviously. It's just a radio, dude. How, like, how hard could it be? <laughs> well, it's video. It's I mean, like <laughs> Skype. Everybody's got Skype. I think that the... Because Skype is so reliable and known to work mm-hmm. so well whenever you want to talk to each other. <laughs> I, think... Know, I think it most of the bugs worked out in the year 20-whatever, 23XX. <laughs> yeah, I it only took them I think it's supposed to be assumed that it's like, at this point, technology has... The people who are in space and can talk to each other, their technology has evolved into being compatible enough to work with other people's. Like, because that's mm-hmm. the thing with like warp technology. Like, they all can do warp. That's mm-hmm. why they're allowed to talk to each other according to the Prime Directive and all that. So, like, you just assume, you just make assumptions that they'll know what it means when you send them a hail or whatever. Well, and I just don't think it's particularly interesting for the show to to focus all its energy on explaining like the things like that. Like, yeah, for for all its. Uh let's say missteps in storytelling, at least Star Trek tries to pay attention to the things that are actually relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I just think it would be the worst to just be driving along and be like, ugh, getting another call. Hang on. <laughs> like, <laughs> There have to be a handful of Star Trek episodes where this is exactly the story and they have to figure out a way to communicate with this ship. They do run into aliens that are completely alien, like not a humanoid. Mm-hmm. And, like, they can't communicate with it. Like, they did... They've already run into one. That big nebula thing that they fucked up in the last oh, episode. Right. So there's, like, acknowledgement of life that is not humanoid in the galaxy. It's just that it's not something they can really communicate with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they don't make so, episodes about them <laughs> most of the time. So my one big complaint about all that is in all these Star Trek episodes, like, if that's the concept, is you can just kind of, like hail a specific frequency and communicate with any nearby ship, they, were, they would have to constantly be call it, get, like getting prank calls from teens like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and not once do we see that in a, in a Star Trek <laughs> that you know <laughs> of. Well, I mean, honestly, there are kids in some of these episodes eventually. So you never know what could happen. I don't remember anything like that, but you never know. <laughs> So the back half but of yeah, this episode, but we do need to talk. No, we need to talk about how they have a dog. Oh yeah, and no, they call right. it a dog. Just a dog. He calls it a doggy. Dog. Doggy. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's got a particular taste for meat? Apparently, I like. Was the implication that she was going to poison them? Like, he kn- she them. knows if the if the meat's gone bad. It was very weird. Everything she did, I was like, she's trying to kill everybody in this room. I know. Most of the scene and this setup is straight out of film noir. Like the oblivious mm-hmm. husband with the beautiful wife and who hosts the person who's trying to seduce his wife to dinner, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then there was all this talk about like weird meat and the dog. And there's definitely some of that in like old 50s film noir movies, like just weird non sequitur crap. But I could not figure it out with this one. Like what, what was the point of having that poor scruffy chihuahua eat things? Uh, I mean... <laughs> It was just to have him be pointed out as a factor in the situation because the dog is what gives away the ending, like mm-hmm. the real murderer. Because spoiler alert, it wasn't Paris. Who'd have guessed? I don't know. I wrote down, I can't. What I said was, how do they have actual dogs in the Delta Quadrant? I feel like the writers <laughs> forget their own premise sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds could have right. at least had him call it something different. And then they could be like, oh, yeah, we have animals like that on our planet. They're called dogs. But no, it's just still a a fucking regular ass dog. What they should have done was given the dog like a weird feather thing around the top of its head. So that way you would know it was an alien dog. Yes. I really appreciated that um, Tuvok specifically sets up a parlor scene. He's like, in two hours, let's meet at the scene of the murder to discuss what happened. Yep. Just point for point yeah it's just so good everything so, about it uh-huh yeah the back half of this episode is pretty much just uh tuvok Tuva holmes consulting detective it's yes. him just going around questioning people using logic to figure out the entire issue at hand i thought it was brilliant and i have been hurting for a real like something to hold on to with tuvok we haven't seen that much of him, and I think it's particularly tricky 
if you're playing a Vulcan, because by nature, like by definition, they have no emotion. There's not a lot. You need a lot of time with that character before you really start to understand what makes them tick and who they are. And I mm -hmm. feel like this is the first real look we got at Tuvok. Uh, and there's this line that um, when Tom and Tim, or when Tom Paris and Tuvok are talking, the way that Tim Russ delivers the line, perhaps when uh, Tom Paris tells him that that's not a great way to make friends, like it's so subtle and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It's just good acting, but it reveals so much more about Tuvok's character than I was expecting. There's just, there's a lot going on behind there and I'm really excited to hear more and see more about it. Yeah. That's a really good point about playing a Vulcan. It's like, there's so, everything has to be so subtle because it, um, you know, playing a Vulcan, you have to have all of the, you have to kind of hit all of those points of like everything's calculated everything is you know logical everything is precise but then how do you make a unique character while trying to act as a race that seems to be so uniform yeah it it is an interesting like thought there like how do you differentiate yourself and like when everything is meant to be down to pure logic wouldn't everybody essentially be doing the same stuff and no, they're different people. It, it's a, it's an interesting thought. The thing with Vulcans is that they don't have no emotion. They just suppress it all. Right. So there's mm -hmm. just like this deep well inside that gets to come out every once in a while because of some mm -hmm. weird fluky thing that happens. But when they're not doing that, they have to, the actors, this is why the people who play the Vulcans always are like, I think they have to be, some of the best actors on the show because mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. to communicate that emotion that they do have that they're just suppressing and keeping to themselves as mm -hmm. much as possible. But it does come out every once in a while with like certain voice inflections and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tim Russ can do it with like the subtlest furrow of his brow or the tilt mm -hmm. of his head. Yeah. yeah. Like that. What I'm always going to go back to the scene because it really cracked me up. It must have been two episodes ago now when Harry Kim and Tuvok were uh, going back and forth on the bridge with their mm -hmm. communicators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you just got, like, the sort of, when Harry Kim points out that Tuvok basically said, I don't know, I've never seen it before. And he just, like, he has this little moment, just, like, a little reaction shot. And it's so subtle, like, so little happens. But you get just so much about how Tuvok's like, all right, okay, that's fine, whatever, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. See, uh for that exact scene, my read on it was more of a Tuvok going, uh, all right, well played, young Ensign. Like, uh, I see you. You can play in this in this room. You can do this thing. <laughs> like, kind of an acknowledgement that he's part of the, like, greater crew. So, Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean it like that as well. Yeah. Just sort of, like, rolling his eyes, but accepting the hit. Yeah. Yeah. Do we see, do we learn a lot more about Tuvok? I was surprised to learn he was married. That was yeah. That was pretty pretty crazy. I mean, me. you learn more about all of them. I would hope so. There's a lot of show to go. <laughs> there's there's, seven a, there's a lot of episodes to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I only focus on Tuvok because here we are in episode. What did I say? Seven, and we haven't really learned that much about him yet. Like we know a fair about more, even with Balana, I would say, than we know about Tuvok, who's just like I, the list of facts I know about him are that he's Vulcan. Uh, he's the Security officer, tactical officer. Chief he does security. something in the ship. Security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now we know that he's married. Like this is not a whole lot. And I, I feel like part of it comes from the fact that maybe I'm just overgeneral. Maybe being racist towards a made-up race here, but there's just not a whole lot they can do with a Vulcan. Or that's what I'm worried about. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, I, was <laughs> okay. say, I, I think, think there's part, part of the reason. reason. But are you are you saying you don't want more Paris-centric episodes? You don't only you don't want more. Only just... if Harry is involved. <laughs> Perry is always involved. It makes sense. I kind of like Tom Perry. He's, he's growing on me a little bit. He's he. I don't have any problems with him. It, like obviously he acts stupid sometimes, but I know he grows as a character as the show goes on. So it's I look forward. Not to like that he's in this growth. static position. You know, like he's mm -hmm. a work in progress. How can you not like a man who makes a sexy gigolo and then brings his captain to his weird fantasy French Wait, restaurant? He didn't, he didn't bring, bring her. her. She showed <laughs> up. Harry brought her. 
<laughs> oh yeah okay yeah. all right still like remember that, paris was that, embarrassed by the gigolo coming on to Janeway <laughs> immediately he was like um if i had known uh oh no oh, so good I'm, I'm coming around on tom paris we might get there but i'm i'm not sold yet he yeah he's he like i said he's kind of like a flat butt of the joke character to me at this point at least most of the other characters have something going for them he has nothing really in my mind which is better than uh neelix who has actively disliking energy so. <laughs> yeah neelix spent like his entire contribution to this episode was like oh they seem like they might be violent oh told you so and that was it yeah he was terribly obnoxious with his uh, his little factoids on numiri like oh by the way like thanks yeah. clippy yeah, well, the thing that's dumb is that Janeway asked him for that. Well, so the part with Janeway, when she goes to him, or she asks him to come to her office or whatever, it is like, can you help us with information about these aliens? You know, the, do the job that we, like, are allowing you to be mm-hmm. here to do. <laughs> and For the first he makes time. Like a, he makes, like, a dumb joke and laughs very, very hard. At, I don't even remember what it was, but he laughs, like, so, super hard at his own joke, and she like physically rolls her eyes like her whole head rolls uh-huh. with it and yeah Janeway hates him <laughs> at this point she's like okay can you actually just help me though and then he's like yeah the rest of the time but the thing that I don't understand about Neelix is like okay so he lives he's from the Delta Quadrant obviously but how does he know all this shit does he just read the encyclopedia of Delta Quadrant alien politics and like knows everything <laughs> how like that doesn't make he's sense he's just making it up well, that oh yeah, his, I remember calling his very good joke was about um, how he decides to run away before things get violent with Numiri, and that was what was really funny to him. <laughs> and then he burst out laughing for you know five seconds, yeah, and, and then just continued. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, Neelix. Mm-hmm. I regret ever saying that I didn't have a problem with him. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't annoy me as much in the very first episode, and then ever since then, he's just gotten more and more annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all in agreement. He's the worst character right now, right? Like, I, right the now, only yeah. person I feel like who... You said yeah, you you agree, right, Andrew? Because I was worried you might not agree. <laughs> Andrew. I love Neelix. You're lying. You fucking troll. <laughs> That's what it says on the back of my shirt is Neelix number one fan. <laughs> Yeah, it's me giving King Worm Neelix a hug. <laughs> See, I like King Worm Neelix, but not regular Neelix. I don't mm-hmm. like King Worm Neelix either. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so Harry and uh Paris in the shuttle on that in that like bait trip to like see yep. if Tuvok's theory when when they're, like they're they holding just, hands, yeah, they're basically holding hands and flirting mm-hmm. the entire time. Oh yeah, like totally flirting. Mm-hmm. Like Paris says uh, to Harry, "Someday you will meet a, a woman, and you'll know that it's wrong." And like, yeah, the whole forbidden the, love talk. Yeah, yep. And it's like you'll know that it's wrong because it's not me. That was the <laughs> that was the implication God. that I was getting from yeah. it. How have I missed all of this? It just goes whoop right over my head. Well, I'm so so innocent, God. You mean you don't see this very real subtext that's definitely there yeah. and definitely intended? Yeah, it was this whole it was this whole forbidden love exposition. It's practically <laughs> just the text at this point. Okay, but no, I don't think that anybody was intending that to happen. <laughs> No, no, but, it's still subtext, but it's yeah. barely still subtext. At the it's to me. very uh, they I, it seems very unself aware of how obvious it's it is about mm-hmm. how you could could interpret it. So their whole tricking of the Numiri, they you know sent out the sent them out on the shuttle and then teleported them back, and we're going to blow up the shuttle. That whole thing, I. Favorite part of that was Chakotay you know, working out this plan and his line of saying, out in the Delta Quadrant, all old tricks are new again. It's like, that is an interesting point. Like, they have all of these, like, tactics that may be kind of dated or, like, you know, well-known back home, but, like, 
I don't know. Now, now it's all free game again. Yeah. They don't know the Statue of Liberty play here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I like that little comment too. It makes sense. It was a it was a nice little reminder of like, hey, we do have something still. Mm-hmm. It did. Everyone got these nice little character moments throughout this episode, even though it was clearly just focused on the lovers. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So I forgot to mention at the top of this episode that this episode was directed by Lavar Burton. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's cool. I didn't catch Levar that. Lavar Burton may be best known for playing a rainbow on a public television program. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah, I know him from. Nothing else. That's the only thing that he's sky. been in. <laughs> I didn't know about any of his other roles until I was in my 20s. You didn't so, know about reading 20s? Rainbow? I knew about reading Rainbow. I didn't know about any <laughs> the know other about roles. reading you... Rainbow. Nate, of course I knew reading Rainbow. Who do you think we are? Jordy is the best. Jordy is like is. my favorite next-gen character. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good. He is very good. From what I've watched, he's awesome. I like like I just haven't watched much Next Generation. I've watched like a handful of episodes total. Well, the fact that he was as good as he was with his eyes covered up the entirety of yeah. the show uh-huh. is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Uh covered up with his visor, which of course stands for visual instrument and sight organ replacement. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> the best. <laughs> Hashtag Star Trek. Uh, it's so good. He does get cybernetic eyes for, uh, for first movies. contact. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why they d- made that choice. He was like, please don't make me wear that please. fucking visor I don't anymore. Want really? That's how they made that choice. Yes. He I was like, please do every something. day. Please. Please don't <laughs> yeah. make me put it back on. Uh, Burton lobbied for many years to have his character's visor replaced so people could see his eyes since Mm -hmm. the, quote, air filter he wore prevented the audience from seeing his eyes and limited his acting ability. Makes sense. All right. Have we we said all there is to say about this very good episode of Voyager? I think so. I mean, in the end, Tom didn't do it. It was this other dude. It it was the doctor. They were working with the thing in his brain. And they... What they embedded codes in the in the memory or something like that. Some yeah, he was like a secret agent. Yeah, using Tom to send war secrets for the very real and serious war that we definitely see evidence of. Uh huh. <laughs> I do love I thought, at the end that Tuvok straight up was like, "Yeah, if you were guilty, I definitely would have convicted you." <laughs> yeah, he's- I wouldn't like, even. I'm just gonna tell you right out. <laughs> like I have right no now. attachment to you. I do not care. Also, this, just so you know, in the future, <laughs> two fox, uh, two fox dunk on Paris's anatomy knowledge on like the the Beniri anatomy. It was definitely like he barely knows the he, I I know it's wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just committing. I just to wasn't the bit. sure if that was on purpose or not. I'm committing to the bit, it, but like. Paris doesn't know the their like human anatomy well enough to know where the heart is. Mm-hmm. Is the subtext that I got there? I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, people love dunking on Paris's medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even need to include the medical knowledge part. They just love to dunk <laughs> on Paris. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Uh, we also watched. We also watched. <laughs> did you think I was, was going to say any more there? <laughs> I really we did. Also, I was just trying to get watched. you to go. <laughs> we also watched Adventure Time episode 13, City of Thieves. When confronted by a tree witch over how uncorruptible he is, Finn enters the City of Thieves with Jake to confront a thief who is believed to have stolen a flower basket from a little girl named Penny. However, staying pure of heart within the city proves to be easier said than done. And episode 14, The Witch's Garden. It has an exclamation point. Uh, Jake loses his enthusiasm for adventure when a witch strips him of his powers. After Finn is captured by a skeletal mermaid, Jake attempts to regain his powers. He realizes that he has to apologize to the witch in order to receive his powers, which he does. I definitely preferred one of these episodes over the other one. Which? Mm-hmm. Continue. Uh, w- the Witch's Garden. I, th- I thought that was just like very, it was good. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, thought both, both of good. these episodes were really boring. <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, the the City of Thieves one was just the same joke over and over, like over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I was like, is this really all that's going to happen? It's just characters running around (laughs) stealing things from each other. Yeah. Okay. I did like the the Rube Goldberg machines of stealing. That's what I was going to say. The same thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just like uh, in uh, Memories of Boom Boom Mountain where they had the like Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg machine of good deeds being yeah (laughs) yeah but just the opposite i am a fan of those types of sequences where they kind of do build on that same joke but then Mm -hmm. like they'll throw in like there'll be a few like quote-unquote normal ones and then they'll like throw in like one big twist like the 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 wizard whose magic's were magic words to turn into a cat was pancake 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 Yeah, there was a lot of creativity and just throwing whatever at the wall and seeing Mm -hmm. what stuck. One point I do have to make in this in that sequence is so they definitely have a never nude in the city. Mm -hmm. There was the guy who got his jammy stolen and he was just wearing the jean cutoffs with a lock on the front. (laughs) Yeah, the lock is something. Uh huh. There are dozens of them in this city. (laughs) (laughs) Dozens. Yes, sir. I mean, as much as I enjoy these, I will say both episodes were fairly light. There wasn't. A, I mean, I mean, there was okay. a lot of stealing, and I then. Just, but we've been we've been saying you that say kind that of from every the single episode, and I think that's just going to be the case for a while. I believe you guys yeah. that eventually it's like not like this, but like the com- yeah. the comedy in these episodes, <laughs> I think, was also just like just not the best that they've done in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like boom, 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 mountain. Was very very funny. That's so funny. I did not like Boom Boom Mountain as much as I remembered I was going to. This one had a lot of nipple jokes, which I th- did not think I would find funny, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I well, I was uh, creeped out by the the <laughs> Jake has underwear on under his yeah. fur. Yeah, that, that was. <laughs> oh oh, th- is that how you read that? My yeah. interpretation was that he he when he lost his magic powers he got he lost his dog body and it was replaced with just like right. a chubby guy's body right a chubby because, man <laughs> uh, man baby well, body she, she she does the same spell on the bagel where he turns right. the bagel turns into the old bodied bagel old man bodied <laughs> bagel he's just he's constantly playing with his his boobs the whole time and then there's this one point where he goes yeah and what gives I used to have like eight more of these and he's pointing <laughs> to his nipple. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was at the beginning when he's like sniffing the donut or whatever and then he's like yeah sniff up those toxins and then he's like wait a minute i don't know what poison smells like <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to see to be reminded that jake is a dog because he so rarely acts like one yeah that mm-hmm. for him to like do dog things was strange mm-hmm. i have a question on the witch is is that the only magic she can do is that specific curse? Well, she can Wait, grow donut body bushes. curse. She can do some teleporting too. Razamafu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did teleport them around a good bit. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, she grew donut bushes. So, like, yeah, that's magical. <laughs> Wait, you don't have donut bushes? You do? Oh, God, is wish. that what you keep posting pictures of? Yeah, that's what plants? we're putting in our landscaping. <laughs> Man, oh. I need to really focus on coming to visit soon then. <laughs> <laughs> She's got those donut bushes and her despised cupcake flowers. Mm-hmm. My theory on why it's that specific curse is because that is the result of eating donuts. She's cursing them for eating donuts, and that's what you that's what you end up with when you're eat you're stealing donuts is is that <laughs> Is that look? That's it was way too relatable for me. Uh. In your underwear, missing nipples. Uh huh. And the and the running that results when Jake is in that in that body form. Running is evil. Yeah. Yep. So Just I the went hobbling. For... <laughs> like these little hops. Yeah. I went for a run the other day because I thought, well, I can bike forty miles. I can certainly run three. I cannot. Friends, running truly is evil. It is a bad thing to do with your body. I don't know how to make my lim- my limbs do that motion. Yeah. 
It's bad. <laughs> it sucks. It's hard, and yeah, I don't like it. It may you have to it's go outside to do it. I kind of like unless it. you have a treadmill. I don't. Ha- you like running? Kinda. Kinda. I, it's not my favorite form of exercise, but I prefer it to. I prefer it to biking or swimming. I can. Uh. Is it because you like spending a lot of effort to go slowly? I mean, kinda. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, I did row for a long time. So I love rowing. Rowing is great. Running is bad. <laughs> Run running is like a high impact type of activity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, we did, we did a lot of running when I was when I was rowing. Like we would we would frequently go on, like if it was raining or the weather was just like a little bit bad, we would have to go on like. F- 10 mile runs and we did it. Oh my God. We did it regularly. Um, pass. So you yeah, were seriously. brainwashed into yeah. loving it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was yeah, brainwashed into a lot of things in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather just be at home and be chubby tired. Mm hmm. On the topic of swimming, I did enjoy Finn's swimming, quote unquote, in Garbage River. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> Just weird. kind of like in this loose garbage doing like the breaststroke. <laughs> like with clearly no water around him. Nothing right. to actually like, get Swimming in it as if it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun little bit there. Uh, so my, my little uh, actor slash voice actor fact this time Uh so the guy who voiced the baby skeletons and uh, the rock golem in the city of thieves uh, is D Bradley Baker, who mainly uh, does oh. a lot of like cartoon network stuff. Uh, there's a lot, he does a lot of, a lot of work, uh, but Sarah and I will know him best as Varix the loyal in. Oh, yeah. Who is a <laughs> destiny character that, <laughs> Andrew definitely does not know. Uh, and wait, nope. wait, wait! But Which... he's he's fallen. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Well, he's heard him. He's, he's heard he him. Talks in the, he just uh, didn't know that he's heard him. Varix, the 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 prison of elders guy. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. Oh. the the servitor in the prisoner prison of elders is uh, Varix's voice. Yeah. So yes, that's interesting. Hmm. Doesn't he also do the voice of the kid in American Dad? Yes. Uh, hold on. I had just had his. I am. Oh, he does, he does Klaus. He does Klaus. He does a lot of voices. So, what was the deal with the mermaid in Trash River? I mean, obviously, you know, she, she's, she's looking, looking to get down, right? She is, <laughs> says, "Which which one of you mortals wants to mate with all this?" But then she ends up like bringing them to a nest, like her bird nest. Yeah. Like I, something I, didn't. Click there, like what was her goal the here to feed him to the babies? <laughs> like, I just assumed, assumed she was a trash dragon partway through and not actually a mermaid. Yeah, I did appreciate that her hands were just attached to her hair and not like arms or anything. Arms are overrated. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm still not hearing a question. <laughs> I don't know what her intent was with these, just like what's her deal people that were in the river. So it's not about why skeleton mermaids live in trees. It's just about what her intention was. Well, okay, does she live in the tree or does she live in the river? Because she's the mermaid of Trash River, but then she also lives in the tree or she just nests in the tree and then lives back in the river and And visits the And her babies are birds. Right. There's so many questions. (laughs) Yeah, how did this... Are they adopted? (laughs) It's just babysitting. I'm. I like the theory that they're adopted. That's a really great idea. Mm-hmm. Does she ever come back in ever any other episodes? Nope. <laughs> All right. So they're adopted. <laughs> That's what we've decided. Yeah, we cracked it. Good job, Nate. He did it. Asking the real hard hitting questions here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did anyone have connections? Yes, I did too. Kay. Yep. Uh, Finn. Is tricked into becoming a thief, and Tom is kind of tricked into becoming a murderer. 
That's what mine was, basically. Yeah, yeah. For, they're both similar. taken advantage of. Paris and Finn yep. both get horribly betrayed by someone they think they are close to. Yep. Media literacy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I had, though. Yeah, yeah like, that was pretty much it. <laughs> not not the most number of connections for this episode. Or for but we episodes. all had the same one, which I think that's a first. Yeah. And we still have a 100% hit rate on these episodes. <laughs> We've so. had something in all of them. Which is still wild. I It took me a little well, bit okay. to figure it out for this one. A lot of them are reaching, though. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I don't think they're reaching that much, honestly. I've, I have found that most of the time they're pretty similar. There's a, I mean, not episode wise, but like in terms of connections we make, mm-hmm. we do, we do find like the even if the episodes are not not super close, the there are very similar themes. Just they go about it different. Just ways. by virtue of them being works of art that were created by humans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, they, but like in the same order, gonna... almost like the the fact that we're getting these themes. Like every single time where it's like, oh, yeah, we can match. They've got these two same things as opposed to like, hey, we could have had like jealousy ones uh, compared to this like betrayal one. It's like, I don't don't know. (laughs) We're going to get to a point, though, where it's like, um, well, this Star Trek episode had a dog in it and Jake's (laughs) a dog. So they're similar. That's another connection for this one. Yeah. Thank you, Nate. We oh figured it out. <laughs> See, if they hadn't said that it was a dog, we wouldn't have had that connection. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if it had been some weird alien thing. Thank you for listening to this weird podcast where we uncover the mysteries of the universe by revealing the interconnecting threads between Voyager and Adventure Time. Join us next time when we discuss Voyager episode Emanations and the Adventure Time episodes What is Life and Ocean of Fear. Until then, we'll just wait for you here. By the mausoleum. With our backs turned. And our defenses lowered. Come along with me and we the galaxy. We got stuck in Delta Quadrant. This episode had a dog, and Jake is a dog. <laughs> Jake had to to run, and they also ran in <laughs> the Star Trek. There was a bagel on the bush, and there is a red shirt eating a bagel in the background. <laughs> what a probably. waste of their ration from the replicator. Space bagel.